Well, good morning to each one. Greetings in Jesus' name. It's certainly good to see each one of you here this morning. And I, too, want to welcome the, the visitors who are among us. We're glad you're here and invite you to join in and worship the Lord with us this morning. I certainly have enjoyed the Sunday school uh, cordially, especially this Sunday's lesson. And in Sunday school this morning, I was thinking about how the story of Hezekiah and the story of Solomon, how they parallel. You know, when Solomon started out, you know, his focus was on building the temple. And when his focus was on building the temple, things went well. And in last Sunday's lesson, we were looking at Hezekiah and how he was restoring the temple and, and building it back and bringing, cleaning it up and, and uh, removing the filthiness. And, and when that was Hezekiah's focus, things went well. But both of them, when they lost that focus with the temple, both of them, they ran into trouble. And I believe it's just a good reminder of us for us to have a good focus in life, a good godly focus, a focus on building the church. Well, my plan for this Sunday's message was to continue in our study of non-resistance, and so this week I was studying with that in mind. However, after getting the call about Sister Beulah's death, a doctrinal, a doctrinal message somehow didn't seem appropriate for today. And so I decided to share something different. And so for a message this morning, I invite you to Revelation chapter 2. This morning I want to begin by looking at the church at Smyrna, and then I want to consider five crowns that are promised to the faithful Christian. Some of you today may recognize parts of this message. I shared this message here, at least part of it, about a year and a half ago. And as many of you know, I don't do well studying for a sermon at a uh, short moment's notice. And so instead of starting over, I decided to, to share this message again. And so those of you that have heard it before and may remember it, I hope you can Forgive me for it, and maybe God will bring out something new for you today. But for a text, I've chosen the last part of Revelation 2, verse 10. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. I borrowed my title for this message from an old gospel song. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Let's read Revelation 2, 8 through 11. And as I read, notice what Christ is saying. He commends the Smyrna Christians for enduring persecution. He warns that their trouble would intensify, but only for a short time. Romans 2 I'm sorry, Revelation 2, verse 8. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blaspheming of them which say they are Jews and are not, 
but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which, shall, which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. From what I understand, this was a time of terrible persecution. This time period was near the end of Emperor Domitian, who self-proclaimed that he was Lord and God. Domitian was a very wicked and ruthless man. Domitian viciously persecuted the Christians. He commanded that all the lineage of David be put to death. In doing so, he used some of the most horrible methods that could be imagined. Some he had crucified, some were killed by being thrown into pots of boiling oil. And it was said that anything negative that happened while he was emperor was blamed on the Christians. Even his own family members feared him, and rightly so, because he had some of his own family members put to death as well. And so verse 8 begins, And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Jesus begins by reminding them of who he is, the first and the last, power, power, power over time, dead and alive, power, power over sin, and death. And I believe this reminder encouraged the church at Smyrna. In Christ, they had all they need to continue on. Verse 9, we see the trouble that they were facing. The first part of verse 9, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. As we said, the church at Smyrna was facing persecution. It is also believed that they were very poor in temporal things. But Jesus reminds them, but thou art rich, not in earthly goods, but rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom of Christ. The last part of verse 9, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now who were these people that John is writing about? Adam Clark, he says this, the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews. There were persons there who professed Judaism and had a synagogue in the place and professed to worship the true God, but they had no genuine religion and they served the devil rather than God. They applied a sacred name to an unholy thing and this is one meaning of the word blasphemy in this book. You know, today, many churches claim to be the people of God. However, they ignore simple Bible teaching that is required for God's people. In John 14, 23, Jesus said, If any man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. 
A church that has a true love for God and his word will express that in obedience. These professing Jews here at Smyrna proved by their actions that they were not God's people. Going on to verse 10, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Jesus says, Fear not. Fear not, even though the persecution is about to get worse. Some will be thrown into prison. You see here that the persecution will be limited to 10 days, which is probably a symbolic number standing for a limited period of time. Jesus made several things clear about this persecution. The first thing he made clear was the devil is behind this persecution. The second, some will face death because of it. And third, the crown of life is promised to those that endure. Jesus said, thou shalt suffer. What does suffering mean? Does suffering mean that God's power is limited? Suffering from Satan does not prove that God is powerless. Suffering, suffering comes because God has determined that you may be tested. The promise for the testing is found at the end of verse 10. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. While the tests that they were experiencing were certainly not pleasant, they had a goal, and that was the crown of life. In verse 11, Jesus makes a commitment to the faithful Christians of Smyrna. Verse 11, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that ever cometh shall not be hurt of the second death. The Lord Jesus, who is the first and the last, the one who died and rose again, is powerful enough to keep his people safe even if they face death because of persecution. What is the first death? What is the second death? Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The way I see it, the first death is simply the death of our bodies. Jesus said, do not fear this death. The second death is the one that we should be concerned about. At this death, we will be judged by God. Our eternal destiny is sealed. Jesus said, to him that overcometh shall not be hurt from the second death. These poor persecuted believers of Smyrna were not promised escape from tribulation. They were promised instead something far greater 
and that was the grace to endure. The grace to endure affliction without the fear and the promise that the one who died and rose again would bring them through to the crown of life. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. In my study, I learned that the Bible describes over 30 crowns. For example, we have the crowns of priests, the crowns of king and queens, the crowns given to athletes. A crown was a special headgear used to symbolize a person's high status and authority. For the high priest, his crown symbolized grace and humility. We also read in the Bible of heavenly crowns, crowns that will be given to the faithful Christian. These crowns, too, symbolize victory, reward, and honor. In Proverbs, we find several interesting crowns. You're welcome to turn with me to these references if you like. I find these crowns interesting. In Proverbs 14, verse 24, we have the crown of the wise. And the writer of Proverbs says, The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. And turn over to chapter 17, verse 6. We have the crown of children's children. It says, Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. Proverbs 12, verse 4, the crown of the virtuous woman. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh a shame is as rottenness in his bones. Proverbs 16, 31, we have another, the crown of the elderly. The hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. Now the meaning of the word crown in these references would be the same as a crown that a king or queen would wear. An earthly crown, a crown that we would or could experience in life on this earth. These crowns are simply blessings that become ours as we or others faithfully serve the Lord. Now Jesus wore crowns. He was crowned by the world system with a crown of thorns, but it was only for a time. He was then exalted and crowned by his heavenly Father, a crown with glory and honor. Hebrews 2.9, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should, should taste death for every man. The book of Revelation gives a picture of Christ, and on his head is crowns, or many crowns. You can follow along in Revelation if you want. Revelation 6, verse 2. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. 
Turn over to uh, chapter 19 of Revelation. Let's read 11 and 12. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that, that no man knew but he himself. We see Jesus as the victorious conquering king. To Jesus has been given all crowns, crowns of victory, honor, glory, and majesty. Let's now consider five crowns that are promised to the faithful Christian. The first crown that I want to consider is the crown of victory, the victor's crown. This crown is given to the victorious Christian. Turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'd like to read 24 through 27. Here we have the Apostle Paul speaking. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run... Not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In verse twenty five we see two crowns that are given for victory. The first is the corruptible, and second, the incorruptible. The first, is, the first is given to an athlete, the corruptible or perishable crown. An athlete is willing to do whatever it takes to win. He will exercise daily. He will eat healthy. He is willing to be instructed by his coach. He is totally focused on winning, all for the corruptible crown, a crown that will pass away a crown that will be forgotten by this world in a few short years. The second crown is different, the incorruptible crown. It's different that in it it's different in that it lasts forever. An immortal crown. Even though it's different, we obtain it just like the athlete obtains his crown. We obtain it by being totally committed, totally focused, in tune with our coach willing to make whatever sacrifices are necessary, all for the incorruptible crown that is reserved in heaven for us. The crown of victory is for the victorious Christian. I believe it was Paul that said, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. The second crown that I want to consider is the crown of rejoicing. 
It's also known as the soul winner's crown. This crown is given to those that win souls for Christ. Proverbs 11 verse 30 says, The fruit of the righteousness is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. You're welcome to turn to 1 Thessalonians. I'd like to read from chapter 2, 17 through 30. I'm sorry, 17 through 20. First Thessalonians 2, 17. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindereth us. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Verse 19. For what is our hope or crown of rejoicing? I believe Paul is saying that the crown of rejoicing will be the people that we take to heaven with us. You know, the only thing that we can actually or really take to heaven with us is the folks that we win for Christ. All this other stuff that we are accumulating, we're going to leave behind. And I say praise the Lord. Sometimes I get tired of all this stuff. Daniel 12 verse 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. The third crown that I want to consider is the crown of righteousness, the watcher's crown. You can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'd like to read 6 through 8. Again, Paul is speaking. Paul is actually speaking to Timothy here. Paul is nearing the end of life. And this is his testimony here. Second, actually it's 2 Timothy. I'm not sure what I said. 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. For I, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not for me, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Verse 8, the crown of righteousness. Notice, first of all, how this crown is given. It's given by the Lord, the righteous judge. Paul was looking forward to this crown, and he writes that this crown is not for him only, but it's for all those who love and look forward to Christ's return, to those that love his appearing. Fight the good fight of faith. The reward is the crown of righteousness. 
and when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. The fourth crown that I want to consider is the crown of life. This crown is also known as the martyr's crown. James 1, verse 12. James 1, 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. The word temptation in this verse is more than being tempted to do evil. It also has the thought of enduring adversity. Adversity like the Smyrna Christians were facing. Blessed is the man who adore Blessed is the man that endureth adversity, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Charles Spurgeon once said that there, there are no crown wearers in heaven who were not cross bearers here below. The crown of life is for those that faithfully endure. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. My fifth and final crown that I want to consider is the crown of glory. This crown is also called the preacher's crown or the teacher's crown. First of all, let's read about the preacher, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. First Peter 5, verse 1. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And now the teacher, you can turn to Matthew chapter 5, and I'll read 17 through 19. Here we have Jesus speaking. Matthew 5, 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of the least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least, and the kingdom of heaven. But notice the last part. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, it doesn't mention a crown. But certainly, I believe those 
that have taught and lived out the message of the gospel will be wearing a crown of glory as well. The crown of glory is for those who faithfully preach and teach and live out the message of salvation. You know, all Christians are called to be a good example. James tells us that we should be a doer of the word. Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12 to be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. This morning, what is my life preaching to others? What are others learning from my actions? Jesus said, but whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And so we have five crowns that are promised to the faithful Christian. I invite you to turn to Acts chapter 7. I have one thing, one more thing to look at here and then we'll close. Acts chapter 7. Here we find a man named Stephen. And the name Stephen means crowned or crowned victorious. Stephen was honored to be the first martyr of the early church. In Acts chapter 6, we have several verses that show us what kind of man Stephen was. It says in Acts 6 verse 8, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. In verse 10, And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Verse 15, And all that sat in council looked steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. In the beginning of chapter 7, Stephen is preaching to these people, and he's preaching a powerful message. This message we see brought conviction, which led to his death. And I want to start reading in verse 54, and I want you to keep in mind the meaning of Stephen's name. And also as I read, notice what Stephen saw about Jesus or about the position that Jesus was in that is different than how we see him in other places in the scripture. Acts 7, verse 54 through 60. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their, down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying, Lord Jesus, Receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep.
So what does Stephen see about Jesus that is different than how Jesus is pictured in other places in the scripture? What is different about Jesus in this account? Well, Jesus is standing. You know, other places in scripture, Jesus is sitting down or sat down at the right hand of God. And here Stephen says, I see Jesus standing. Jesus stood up to receive him. Jesus stood up to crown the crowned. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. You know, remember what Jesus said to the Smyrna Christians? He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. You know, Stephen, he didn't have anything to worry about. David wrote, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. When D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, was dying, his last words were, Earth is receding, heaven is approaching, this is my crowning day. What will we do with our future crowns? I believe it's possible that we, like the four and twenty elders in Revelation 4, we will cast them at the feet of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, saying as they said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and power and honor, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. In closing, as we consider our future crowning, what is our response? I'd like to close with Psalm 104. Psalm 103, 1 through 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. We'll call for a closing song. <laughs>